0: 2009's Borderlands was a revolutionary game that introduced the world to the looter-shooter genre. Shoot. Loot. Shoot some more. Loot some more. Able to play four-players co-op at one time, this game would command hundreds of hours from gamers all over the globe as people clamored to enjoy time with their friends. In today's episode, we'll be taking a look at the beginning of the Borderlands series, talking briefly about how it evolved during development before delving into conversation about how Borderlands has become one of the most accessibly loved games by gamers and non-gamers alike. Let's get our loot on as we take today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope these words find you well. Today, on episode 8 of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane, we're going to be looking at Borderlands. Joining me today, as usual, is my co-op player in real life, my brother, Rob casson Rob, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Dave. Glad to be here, and glad to be here for another week. You know, it's always wonderful when we got another week to go.
0: Yes, indeed. So, Borderlands, Rob, I think you and I have uh, just a teensy bit of
1: experience with Borderlands. I'd say a little bit. I mean, yourself definitely much more than me, but I've still played my fair share.
0: I don't know if we've ever really played together, though, have we?
1: We did really early on, but haven't much since.
0: True enough, true enough, true enough. So Borderlands was originally released on October 20th, 2009. Hard to believe that we've had, well, let's say five games in a Borderlands series in that time period. Doesn't feel like 11 years, though, does it?
1: No, it does not. Not at all.
0: I I don't remember what I was doing 11 years ago. Or what I was doing when Borderlands came out. I know that I remember the opening movie that was pitched to us and it was super exciting. Super exciting. And therefore I was excited for this game. But I I don't I don't know if I remember a big lead up to this, like some of the other games we've talked about. Do you remember anything like that?
1: No, I honestly don't with this one. I can't remember anything like that for yeah i want to i want to but as much as i think about it i cannot
0: i know it's such a it's an iconic game nowadays and and it, it it's loved by millions and has a fervent fandom and all that stuff but i just don't remember it being like that in the beginning which i guess is a good thing i mean even if it wasn't it had to work up to that you know what i mean
1: absolutely and uh, i definitely think it did live up to that
0: <laughs> yeah very true so by definition you know little i like to use wikipedia for all these but we can argue and argue it which we will borderlands is considered an open world action role playing first person shooter open world do you feel like borderlands is an open world game rob
1: i'd say so there's a lot of places to go and although it's not all on one giant map it's spread out among smaller sections, which actually kind of makes it a little more manageable. I feel like it's a lot simpler with that than like with uh, Skyrim or Breath of the Wild, where you have the entire map that you have to traverse. You have little sections that you can go within that kind of make it break up a little bit and make it seem smaller.
0: See, I struggle with this one because to me, a big open map without loading times is open world to me. But originally, open world was the concept that you could go where you want and do what you want. and And you weren't really limited by a linear level design. Um, And nowadays it's more, you know, like I said, open world, no loading time. So I kind of struggle with that a little bit, to be honest with you.
1: You know, and that's a very good point. I guess that when you consider the types of open worlds we have now, which are the ones that I had mentioned versus what this was, it is definitely a very drastic change in that dynamic. I mean, obviously, nowadays we have more computing power and are able to load these large maps. Whereas when Borderlands was first being released, it kind of had to break it up along the way to uh, not overload your processor. And I think that Borderlands decided to stick with that just because it's tradition after that point.
0: I mean, it never, ever really got to open world. It's still segregated into sections, even in the newest uh, one in the series, Borderlands 3, you know.
1: Oh, and that's why I say that they stuck with tradition at that point. They didn't want to overhaul the game entirely and make the fan base that it did acquire hate the game because, you know, drastic changes can definitely steer people clear.
0: I don't really think there's so much argument over the rest of the description, though. Certainly an action game. I think we can both agree on that, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. There is a lot of action, a lot of explosions, a lot of shooting, a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Explosions! I love Mr. Torque.
1: Role playing. Definitely a role playing game. Oh, yeah. Yep. I cannot deny that
0: one and then I don't really know how we'd refute the fact that it's a first-person shooter in any way, shape, or form.
1: No, I actually think it's a medieval slasher. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Hey, that's an idea for a new game. Could we make a loot-based first-person medieval slasher? That'd be like a first-person Diablo, I feel.
1: Like a Battle Royale Diablo, you're saying? Or would you say less Battle Royale and more just...
0: No, it would be like this. It would have to be a a loot-based first-person shooter just as a medieval slasher. It'd be like, what's the big medieval good series that's uh, chivalry? Isn't it chivalry war, war found or war band or something like that? You know what I'm talking about? I do not know. Oh well, there's a really good medieval series like that called. God, what's it, What's it called? Man.
1: It is called something that Dave can't remember.
0: Yeah, I know, but now it's gonna bother me, and I have to. Damn it.
1: War and peace.
0: No, Chivalry, Mountain Blade. It's called the Mountain Blade series. The Mountain Blade series.
1: Never heard of it.
0: It's like the top medieval-based video game. It's a medieval RPG. It's a sandbox game. It's an open world. It's great. It's just not multiplayer. At least the, the, the basic Mountain Blade series isn't. I think there are some versions that are... I'm looking medieval stretch medieval strategy action role playing game original mountain blade was 2008 now there's a number of games doesn't matter mountain blade series if you're looking for a good medieval action role playing game just so someone if anyone what else was that was
1: one medieval game with the skeleton head guy it's a medieval like wasn't that just called medieval
0: yeah that was just called medieval i had that on like the playstation i think that was a a playstation exclusive series to be honest with you
1: That was a fun little game when I was younger. Just random thought with the medieval talk.
0: Anyway, first person. Borderlands could be played in single player, or it could be played in cooperative co-op, so player versus enemy, with a little bit of an option for player versus player. Rob, I I don't think I've ever played player versus player in Borderlands, have you?
1: I didn't realize that there was a player versus player other than who can get the most kills.
0: (laughs) Well, in the original one, if you meleeed another player character, you could challenge them to a duel. And if the other player accepted, then it was it turned on friendly fire until someone got murdered.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Borderlands is
0: kind of a different art style than many other first-person shooters. It's a cel-shaded game, kind of like a comic book. Most first-person shooters go for a realistic look, and this one's a little different. Hmm?
1: I would definitely agree. It is. A little cartoony. (laughs) Anime-ish.
0: Anime-ish, so...
1: Graphic. Animated.
0: Borlands. Animated, indeed. There's so much animated stuff. This is such a goofy-ass game. Borlands is such a goofy-ass game. It was created by Gearbox. The head of Gearbox Studios, Randy Pitchford. Randy Pitchford has said that the idea of Borlands was inspired by him as an avid RBG fan of games like Ultima and Diablo, while also being drawn into first-person shooter games that he worked on in his early career, like Duke Nukem 3D. He originally pitched it, or it was originally pitched as a Halo meets Diablo. Fair statement?
1: I would think that that is a fair statement. <laughs> um, I haven't played much Diablo, but I would definitely say that from watching you play.
0: you really it's... never played much Diablo?
1: I don't think I've ever actually played Diablo. Which, yes, I know. That's something I would love, and Damon has told me a million times, and I've been meaning to get it. But I figured, with the release of the new Diablo, it would be the perfect time to get into it.
0: I'm kind of speechless right now. Every time I find a game that's like such a staple, and you tell me you've never played it, I, I kind of don't know what to say. Diablo is, holy shit, you've never played a Diablo before? There's I've uh... played
1: a lot of games, but I've also played a few games a lot to avoid playing a lot more games. Um, i'm also cheap
0: i know but like just as a side note borderlands 2 and portal are not borderlands 3 diablo diablo 2 and diablo 3 aren't that expensive and definitely would have you would definitely have a lot of fun with them honestly you'd have a lot of fun with them
1: oh i have no doubt i i've definitely watched enough playtime of them it's just i never got around to buying it myself so I've seen it played, I just haven't played it.
0: Borderlands was originally pitched as a Halo meets Diablo. We just covered that. And one thing that changed during its that changed during its development was the art style. Rob, if you would take a look at your computer, I just sent you over the very first preview cover of Borderlands. I'd like you to take a look at it and tell me what sticks out about it to you.
1: Uh, I'm getting a Mad Max vibe with a little bit of space cowboy
0: very very true so that sticks out what about the art style specifically does it look like borderlands
1: no it is a lot more refined it looks a lot more like a uh developed it looks a lot more developed a lot more realistic that, a lot less of that cartoony aspect you that mentioned
0: that's exactly it when they were originally developing board board borderlands i keep wanting to say diablo now when they were originally developing Borderlands, the original art style was more realistic. They built it on the Unreal Engine, and so it looked more realistic, like Gears of War and Mass Effect. About seventy five percent into the game, it the it was felt by the team that they res- very much resembled Fallout or Rage because you know they they fill a similar a similar market or similar atmosphere to Fallout or Rage. You know what I mean? Yes. And so. They wanted to do something different to stand out, and no one was quite sure what to do. But while everyone was talking about this and trying to figure it out, there was a team that had been working in secret on cell shading, which basically they were just retexturing everything uh, with some hand-drawn textures and then giving it uh, that outline look, which kind of made it look like a a comic book. And because they were worried about how it was going to perceive, they were doing it in secret. And when it came out that the, you know, the studios were looking for a different look to set themselves apart from everything, they brought this new art style out. And like I said, they were 75% into the game at this point. So that was a risky move. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely was it. But, you know, seems to have paid off.
0: It paid off. Gearbox liked it. Two game, 2K games like it. And it, it became the defining art style of Borderlands. I mean, it's universally recognized now. There is a Borderlands art style. It definitely set itself apart, for sure. But the the first time we ever saw Borderlands, it looked like every other first-person shooter at the time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, more or less, I would say it did. I definitely feel that it had a little bit of a different vibe with the, as you put it, comic book art style. But as far as the shooting, I mean, you can only do so much with a shooter at the time.
0: Well, this magazine article I just sent over kind of echoes everything we were just saying. You know, it says Diablo meets Mad Max in this groundbreaking four-player cooperative first-person shooter. So they pitched it as Halo meets Diablo, and Game Informer said it's Diablo meets Mad Max. I kind of think they're all apt comparisons, you know what I mean?
1: Ironically, I did not even read Mad Max when I looked at this this article that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) it
0: does look it looks very much like mad max though it 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 borrows a lot from it obviously so rob do you remember the story to the first board well let me ask you this have you played through all the borderlands at this point
1: i have played one two and three i started pre-sequel uh and i have not finished oh so i've played one i've played and completed two, I started three, and I started the pre-sequel.
0: And Tales, have you dabbled with Tales at all?
1: I didn't know there was one. Tales so. from the
0: Borderlands? You didn't know there was a Tales from the Borderlands?
1: Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, I forgot about that title. Um, I Yeah, clearly I forgot about it. I've not played that one.
0: Well, I mean, it, it wasn't exactly a core Borderlands title. It was very different. Anyway, do you remember the story from the first
1: Borderlands? Yes, I do. I played enough to get the basic gist of it. All
0: right, hit us with it.
1: So Borderlands focuses on a group of four vault hunters who are searching for a vault, rumored to contain riches, alien technologies, basically anything that you'd want if you're looking for a good bank. They had to travel to the distant planet of Pandora, piecing together clues, battling the wildlife, the bandits and outlaws and banding together to prevent Atlas Corp and its privately funded paramilitary forces from reaching the Vault first.
0: You know, when development started, there was no narrative. Uh, They just kind of knew they had a concept and they started working it. But somewhere in development, the team felt that there needed to be a reason for the characters to feel, for us as players to to feel rewarded for killing enemies and collecting loot. And so the concept of the Vault Hunter was born so that looting equipment Guns and, and other items from felt virtuous. And then from the concept of a vault hunter came the narrative that we know today about vault hunters seeking out vault hunters, seeking out the vault, which has alien technology and riches beyond any reasonable belief. I think that's the first game. Hmm?
1: That would be the first game summed up as best we can.
0: We know that this is a first person shooter, definitely a first person shooter. and We covered that. Tell me about the gameplay loop, Rob. What's the gameplay loop in Borderlands like? Did
1: you say gameplay loot or loop?
0: It might have been a Freudian slip. Still fits, doesn't it?
1: I mean, I suppose a loop would fit, <laughs> although I see a little less, unless we're just talking a loop of you get a pistol, a sniper, a shotgun, a rocket launcher, an assault rifle, a grenade, an armor, rinse, repeat. However, it was kind of unique in that a lot of guns. I don't think, I shouldn't say a lot, I should say, I don't think I've ever gotten two of the same gun in a playthrough that had the same stats, the same abilities. I I know that these games have some kind of drastic number of variations on the weapons.
0: Very, very true. So what made Borderlands unique, for those listeners that don't know, was that the weapons and items that were picked up and you know dropped by enemies and picked up were procedurally generated. Their stats, such as their fire rate or their damage or their clip size or their what's another stat, their element, for instance, these were all generated by, you know, I guess an algorithm, you know, or would be a good way to put it. The way so they're randomly generated by a computer program. It was originally estimated that the way this was written that there would be over seventeen million variations of guns. In the end, however, we've we've only only come up with about three point five million variations. So I wanna know who the hell determined that there were three point five million variations. I think that's pretty ridiculous.
1: So you're telling me someone actually spent the time and got three point five million guns and then cons- continue to do it multiple times to actually verify that there were only three and a half million. I want to make that clear. That does not mean that once they went through and got 3.5 million guns and then got the same one that they had already gotten once and said, oh, yeah, that's it. That means that they had to have done it multiple times to actually verify (laughs) that there were only three and a half million. That is insane.
0: Yeah, I don't don't think anyone actually went and calculated 3.5 million guns. I think that they looked at the way that the algorithm ended up on creating the variation when all was said and done and actually did the math on it. You know, it's one thing to write it and say, hey, we're planning on 17 million variations in development. And then once you write the code and you get it into production, it's a whole different matter. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, no. Someone spent all that time. There was a guy's job solely just finding out those guns.
0: I would like to see his gameplay hours. I'm not going to lie.
1: That would be incredible. I mean, you would just... I mean, you could just just spawned in a character, killed them for their weapon, grabbed it and gone. Or, you know, I'm sure that there was some code that they found that they could generate guns and they just kept spamming it and kept just logging the data.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only were the weapons and items procedurally generated, but the characteristics of the enemies were procedurally generated, too. So, you know, characters could have hit points or or be sensitive to certain elements or, you know, be faster or slower, or I'm sure there's a lot of characteristics out there that I'm missing, but those were, those were procedurally, procedurally generated too.
1: I did not actually know that about the characters. We
0: talked about there being 3.5 million guns. And you said that you never got the same gun twice, right?
1: I honestly thinking as long as I played, Albeit not as long as you, I cannot think of any time I got two of the same gun. I mean, it's possible that throughout the playthrough, I threw away one and managed to acquire the same later on. However, I don't feel that's the case, because as you progress through the game, the guns get stronger. So even if there's similar abilities, it'll obviously have the increased damage.
0: How many hours do you think I have in Borderlands?
1: uh let's I say, let's say <laughs> the
0: ori- original borderlands did you play the
1: original borderlands would you play it on what system it would have been on xbox
0: it would have been an xbox so i can't look up your hours how many hours do you think i have in the original
1: one i would have to estimate at a minimum about a hundred it's more i had to say a minimum i would <laughs> have to say there would probably in my guess be about three to four hundred
0: now that's 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 putting a couple of them together. I only have about a, I average about 150 hours per Borland's title to be totally honest with you.
1: And I probably average somewhere between 50 and hundred.
0: Yeah. Cause I have 152 hours on the first one and 156 hours on the second one. I have about 40 or 50 hours into the pre-sequel. I played that on different platforms too. So I don't have my hours here, but I know I played through that a couple times. I played through Tales from the Borderlands once, so I have the 15, I'd say hours, not even, probably 10 or 15 hours put into that. And I've only played the third Borderlands once on Xbox, so I don't know my hours on that one. I think the story was, what, 16, 20 hours, somewhere in there?
1: I don't know. I didn't make it through the entire story yet on that one. Oh, yeah. But me and my friends also have been taking a lot longer than what the game should.
0: Yeah, well, I we, we
1: like to screw around a lot.
0: <laughs> I love playing the Borderlands games. I guess my question was, I kinda, we kind of got uh, sidetracked by the, our hours into the game. Guns, Rob, what kind of player are you in the Borderlands series? Do you have a specific character style that you gravitate to every time?
1: Not particularly. I kind of go with whoever I just feel like when I first start playing. I would like to think that I would want to gravitate towards one or another, although I just know that I don't normally pick Siren because Siren was one of the ones that was always picked by someone else.
0: All right, so you don't pick Siren. So what kind of guns do you like to play with?
1: Most of the time, I'm either sitting back with a sniper or I'm up close and personal with a shotgun.
0: So if you're close and personal, you're probably like the brick class or... If you're sniping, are you like Mordecai in this, in the first one?
1: No, I'm just picking up guns, whatever class I picked. It didn't matter what character I was.
0: Didn't matter what character you were. (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. All right. Well, how about Roland in the first one? Or is Roland in the first one? Yes. Yeah, Roland's in the first one. Roland, crap, why am I blanking out on who's in what game?
1: Roland, Uh, Mordecai... Brick, Brick and Lilith
0: and Lilith, right? That's right. They become NPCs in later ones. I know Roland. Uh, Roland, Roland. I believe Roland has the um, turret in the first one. Does he not? Or is that the second that, one?
1: That is correct.
0: All right. So I know it's Roland for me in the first one. I know it's it's always that that style of character in all of them for me. And I'm definitely a, I am definitely a shotgun person. I know the pre sequel. I was Wilhelm. I know in the new one, I'm Zane and in Borderlands 2, I am definitely who plays the soldier in Borderlands 2. More hours in Borderlands
1: 2, the soldier would be, um, hold on, is the Gunzerker or the Commando?
0: It's the Commando.
1: That would be Axton.
0: uh, Yes, it is Axton. I am just trying to think of, of how many damn players. Yeah, I, I I tried Salvador the Gunzerker. Didn't get me as much. Axan's definitely the one. I've never really played a Siren. I've tried the Assassin class, which is, I, I kind of think, your Sniper class, like Mordecai and then Zero. That doesn't get me as much. The Sirens have always been really interesting to me, though. I've always been the Commando class. You know, in every game I play, I play the Tank and I think the commando class kind of fits the tank more than anything in in the in the Borderlands series. Personally, I'm not as up on Borderlands Three. I played it once, and yeah, we're not going to get into it too much. It didn't stick with me as much as the other Borderlands. That may have changed now. I I do need to, it. Does deserve my attention again on a revisit. And I'll probably buy it. Probably buy it on PC and revisit it sooner rather than later. But it definitely didn't. You know, after putting 150 some hours into Borderlands 2, to want to put Borderlands 3 down after one playthrough was a little disappointing, you know? Right. Don't regret that first one. Anyway, okay, so back to my original thing, because we're going in circles and circles and circles. So you like playing either sniper rifle or shotgun, right? Correct. Guns. I want to talk about guns. Do the guns with 3.5 million variations. Do they feel unique to you? What do you think?
1: I mean, I definitely feel that there's some variation between the guns, say within the same type of gun. So within your multiple shotguns, because yes, you do have some that consume or take multiple shots with the single round or they have acid or fire or some kind of elemental damage buff or a different rate or a different charging period or a different magazine size. But at the end of the day, they really only could do so much with to make the guns different. I mean a shotgun is still gonna be best at close range, a sniper best at long range with accuracy. You kind of can't change a lot of that fundamental without breaking what a, the type of gun it is.
0: I agree. I think I think in the original borderlands a lot of the guns felt similar. Shotgun was a shotgun, a sniper rifle was a sniper rifle. I, you know, aside from there being elemental changes in your weapons, I don't feel like there was a whole lot of variation. Now, with that being said, I know we're not going to cover them as much, but I feel that every subsequent game in a Borderlands series has taken a step towards making guns unique. I do think that that's one of the best things about Borderlands 3, is that the guns, I feel that there's more variation in the guns And we are closer to this concept than in any of the other series. But I don't quite think we were as close to that in the original Borderlands, which we're talking about here. Agreed. All right. Well, that's kind of the basis for Borderlands. And, you know, I I think that's a good place to take a break before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast. So if you're still here, stay put, don't go anywhere. We will be back in just a moment as we continue today's trip down memory card lane. And welcome back. We are talking about Borderlands. I don't know. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back today on our trip down memory card lane. We're talking about Borderlands. Rob, I want to talk about how well received this game is. You know, it, as usual, when we discuss games week in and week out, I like to go back and, and look at reviews for the game. Critic reviews for Borderlands were really, really favorable. They were all, I mean, they were really favorable. It was unique, and, and it was revolutionary, and everybody loved it. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Do you love it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This Not nearly so as much as you, but I do. Very, it's a, it's, a, it's an enjoyable. It's definitely very, enjoyable.
0: Very true. One of the things that always amazed me about Borderlands was its universal appeal. What I mean by that is I think that it's a game that reaches both casual and hardcore gamers. Okay, when you go on Steam, there's a you know not that you see it all the time, but there's a a reoccurring theme that you see with some reviews. So, for instance, Nighthawk Thirty Six on Steam writes, "Let me start out by saying that I do not like shooters." First person, third person, or whatever. I have never liked shooters. My son came to visit and brought his Xbox 360, and he said he had a game that if I would give it a chance, he was sure I would like it at least enough to play with him when he came to visit. When he loaded up Borderlands, my first reaction was, oh god, a shooter. I reminded him that I didn't like this kind of game at all. He He talked me, he convinced me into trying. He suggested that I play Mordecai. To make a long story short, within an hour, I was so hooked, I lost track of all time. Similarly, Dispreacher on Steam writes, First-person shooters aren't really my thing, and I hadn't played an FPS for maybe 10 years when I accepted trying this out because of a friend's insistence, and my honest intention was to tell my friend, It's fine, but, you know, it's not my thing. That's kind of what you just said about Diablo, isn't it? Yeah, that that is. (laughs) (laughs) So carrying on, Dispreacher wrote, I would have, you know, it's not my thing, so that I would have complied with his request and lose like half of an hour playing a first-person shooter. That's how biased I was against Borderlands when I started. But boy, was I in for a ride. The cutthroat atmosphere, dark humor, and especially the loot system right away from the get-go got me interested. Rob, do you know any people that are like this that, that were dead set against this game that inevitably broke down and started playing it?
1: No, everyone that I knew that played the game really was into it right from the beginning
0: do you have any friends that are still not into it that just
1: refuse to play it no uh, any of the friends that i normally play with generally love these kind of games and would jump at the opportunity if i offered to play see it's it's crazy
0: how universally like this game is there there aren't i mean i i i just i don't think there's a lot of games like that this game and funny enough diablo are The only two video games really that I can get my wife to play. Now, my wife is not a gamer, not by any stretch of the imagination. But Lord knows she tries sometimes to play with me so we can spend time together, which is super cute. But really, only these two games, Borderlands and Diablo, they're the only games that she'll play with me. In fact, that's why I own Borderlands on the Xbox. So we could sit on our couch playing it together. We bought it the day it came out. And we sat on our couch for like the next three or four days playing it together just to get through it together. It's like one of the only games we do that with. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I definitely understand that.
0: So I have personal experience with Borderlands breaking down those barriers. It's one
1: of those games that that appeal to so many people. Rob, why do you why do you think this is? You know, I don't have a solid answer why. It's definitely a different type of game. I feel the... Art style is definitely one aspect of it that draws people in. I feel that it's a game that takes itself seriously without taking itself seriously, if that makes any kind of sense. It makes and a lot that, of
0: sense. Borderlands it, yeah. does not take itself seriously. It's it's ludicrous.
1: I think that you combine those aspects with the fact that you can play with friends if that's your thing. Or you can explore and collect all different kind of loot and kill all different kind of enemies. There's kind of something for most people in this game. I mean, yes, you still have a lot of things that are left to be desired with in terms of what a game can have, but let's be real. A game can't have everything to please everyone. That would be insane. It's very true. Well, Rob, I want to visit a few of the concepts
0: you brought up because I I believe that you touched upon some of the things that appeal to the broader audience. Uh, First and foremost, Loot. You know, we we talked last week about gamification of work, right? We were talking about Roller Coaster Tycoon, and, and the concept was how working in a video game doesn't feel like work. So gamification. Fair enough? Fair enough. Fair enough. We talk about gamifying things. This game has a loot gameplay loop. For instance, Johnny Five on Steam wrote, collect guns, kill things, collect better guns, kill bigger things. I mean, that's the gameplay loop in a nutshell, is
1: it not? (laughs) That is a very simplistic but accurate description.
0: (laughs) And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. If you you look at the reviews, I mean, there's a ton of fun stuff. So Chris on Steam wrote, do you like guns? Do you like loot? Well, boy, do I have the game for you. (laughs) And then followed up (laughs) with arms are my job. I want to know where the name arms are my job come from. How can arms be your job? Rob, can you think of any instance in which arms are someone's job?
1: Uh, Yes, Dave, Man, you're probably going to smack your head when I tell you. What's that? A gunsmith.
0: (laughs) That is worth a facepalm. My goodness. Arms are my job on Steam rights. Do you like guns? Who am I kidding? You like guns. I like guns everyone likes guns this game has guns lots of guns get the game get the guns see he likes guns he clearly (laughs) makes guns he clearly makes guns very good he is a gunsmith well played i think that this game rewards you immediately for every action you take right so everything you kill drops stuff you kill an enemy you get a gun you kill another enemy get another gun and hopefully a better gun. And that better gun lets you kill bigger enemies, which meant you get better guns. And you just constantly ramp this up over and over and over. So I think that it has a loot, an, an instantly rewarding loop that that is kind of addicting. You know, the same way you go to Chuck E. Cheese's and you play games and you get tickets for your games. It's an it's a immediate gratification. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Although... <clears throat> If you're like me, you aren't earning a whole lot of tickets at Chuck E.
0: Cheese. (laughs) I don't think anyone's earning tickets at Chuck E. Cheese's these days. Hell, I don't even know how much much longer Chuck E. Cheese's will be around. Didn't they file for bankruptcy recently? Aren't they about Uh, to file for bankruptcy?
1: I I do not know the answer to that one.
0: So the other thing that you touched on that I want to talk about is the the concept of co-op, right? Borderlands is played in co-op. Up to four people play at a time together versus the enemy so whereas a lot of other first-person shooters like call of duty or or, or medal of honor or crap i mean those were the big ones at the time so let's just stick with those you would play against one another and i would argue that playing against one another for someone who isn't driven competitively is a big turnoff these guys who mentioned that first-person shooters aren't their thing They very much might not have liked the competitive nature of first person shooters, because honestly, it's just tough when you don't play it all the time. It's difficult. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. It is.
0: So co-op is definitely appealing because you're playing with your friends, working towards a goal. You know, I I would argue that and we'll touch a little bit on this shortly. At the time, there weren't a lot of co-op games. I mean, it's not to say they didn't exist. They just weren't very common and nowadays, that's a much more demanded video game development trait. I think co-op is is really cemented in stone nowadays, and I don't I don't really think it was back then. If you look at the reviews, the concept of co-op comes up again and again and again. So Headgear on Steam writes, "It's one of the best to play co-op with friends." Senpu on Steam writes, "Playing by yourself is great, mm-hmm. but it, it's did I say it wrong?" No, I was just funny, Senpu. Why? It's just a funny name. I don't know. Is it is it a an inside joke that I don't understand? Have no, you been reading have just... you been reading the manga or hentai again and I missed
1: it? What? What are you hentai? What? <laughs> it just reminds me of Senpai. It's probably where it comes from. I'm sure it is and that makes me laugh. Mm. Because so... there was a running joke in my apartment in college, notice me Senpai. Yeah. So Senpu. On Steam writes, playing by yourself
0: is great, but it's a lot more fun when you play it with friends. The enemies get tougher and the loot gets better. That's a valid point that I forgot about, that the game scales with the amount of players
1: that are on there, right? I didn't realize that, honestly. I always just kind of blasted through it until the parts where I didn't, and we all struggled at the same point, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> so there was a benefit to playing in groups. The benefit being that you would get better loot because as the enemies got harder, the loot got better. And it's like it says, more the larger your group, the tougher the enemies, the better the loot. So there was there was clearly a reward for playing that way. Rob, can you think of any other reasons why people might like
1: the game? Why it is universally accessible to more people? You know, Dave, I don't have any myself, but I'm sure that you do. I mean, what are your thoughts?
0: I think that this game is entrenched in pop culture. I think that this game has a lot of tongue-in-cheek jokes. That it, you, you noted that it was lighthearted and it took, you know, it didn't it didn't take itself seriously. And I, I think that the, the writing, along with this concept co- co-op, the looped, uh gameplay loop, the co, uh, I said the co-op already. Now I'm just repeating myself. Along with the fact that the, the writing. The writing is so. There's so many inside jokes and Easter eggs that are accessible to people, which we're going to cover, you know, momentarily. I think all these things together just make Borderlands hit a sweet spot for for a lot of people. Even if you're even if you're not a gamer, there's stuff in there for you because it made a lot of references to movies and TV and books and and you know other video games people in real life there there were just a lot of references and so there were tongue-in-cheek jokes for everybody basically
1: i guess i really need to replay this series because none of this is sounding very familiar to me seriously i don't remember a lot of these references in game that's probably because y'all
0: just run through it without reading things well lucky for (laughs)
1: lucky that's true
0: yeah lucky for you I'm going to bring up some, but before we do that, we're going to take another quick break. So stay put. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial as if you were listening on a radio, uh, because we will continue this conversation in just a moment after we take a break from this trip down memory card lane. Hey, we just want to take a moment to say thank you. Whether or not you're a new listener or you've been here since the beginning, we appreciate you taking the time to join us as we talk about our love of classic video games. If you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, you can find out more information and reach us in other ways on our website at www.memorycardlane.com. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. And just before the break, we were briefly touching on all the pop culture references in Borderlands, um, which were, again, we're going to I'm going to elaborate some in just a moment. No, I'm not going to elaborate in just a moment. I'm actually going to talk about it now. So I think this is a good place to talk about it. Rob, you said that you really weren't familiar with with the the references in the
1: Borderlands series, huh? I am not. No, I didn't know there were very many references at all.
0: Not just the first one, but throughout the whole series. Can you think of any pop culture references and and, like at all any of them? Mm -hmm. Nothing comes to mind. No Borderlands pop culture references at all.
1: No, I can only just think of like running gunning through enemies, blasting things that got in my way and taking them down. So i in that vault. So
0: did you know that there are a number of Dark
1: Souls references in the Borderland games? Uh no. I, I did not. What what references are there?
0: Well, uh, you know, we talked about Borderland or we talked about Dark Souls recently, so I'll I'll hit up some of the Dark Souls references. They're they're mostly Admittedly, the first Dark Souls, are I'm sorry, admittedly the first Borderlands does not have a, as many pop culture references. It really wasn't until the second one, and so on and so forth, that they really got into the pop culture. But I want to talk about it because I think that nowadays, you know, the, this game is so entrenched in uh, pop culture and the gaming ga- gaming culture as a whole that that it's worth talking about. So, for instance, you know. In Borderlands 2, for Dark Souls, there is an NPC sitting alone on an island called Solitaire, who is a reference to, uh,
1: well, who do you think it's a reference to in Dark Souls, Rob? Well, for anyone who knows Dark Souls, praise the sun. We're talking about Solaire. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, he is a reference to Solaire Astoria. And you can get the helmet that he's
1: wearing. It's called the Space Knight. So. What? What? So what? Looks there, like I'm going to go find me some praise and sons.
0: <laughs> There's an optional mission called Lost Souls in the, in the game. In Borderlands 2, for instance, that is full of references to Dark Souls gameplay. You get the mission by the Crestfallen player, which, of course, is the Dark Souls NPC, the Crestfallen Knight. Um, there are descriptions that read, you know, when... And when you accept the mission, there are descriptions that read amazing loot ahead, amazing treasure ahead, be wary of traps. <laughs> right. Right. So these of course are oh, like your like your, your witch machalls.
1: Yep. yep. Messages from other players that often are very misleading. There's bonfires
0: throughout this mission. The mission objective itself is to collect souls from slain enemies for the undead knight to use them to regain his regain his humanity. That's basically the whole game of Dead Dark Souls, is it not? (laughs) More or less. Uh, So, yeah. So, you know, by the time you get into Borderlands 2, there's just media references forever. You know, uh, Die Hard series, there's a mission called Find Bruce McLean. There's a city called Janestown, which, of course, is, uh, you know, the Firefly series. There's a Minecraft, hidden Minecraft area. With Minecraft enemies, and it looks like Minecraft in actually in the same place where where Solitaire is. There are stupid references. And when I was talking about there being references to you know non-gamers, you know, in, in as we go throughout the series, there are references to Alice in Wonderland, Beowulf, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Hamlet, The Hunger Games, Lord of the Rings, Moby Dick. Uh, if we're going to TV, you've got our movie, uh, you've got Apocalypse Now, Boondock Saints, Doctor Who, Law and Order, Lion King, Muppets, Star Trek, Star Wars. I mean, literally, between books and film and TV, there are a
1: buttload of of references. You know what I mean? That's all intriguing. I I have not seen any of these references. I honestly I guess I really need to take my time through these games and play them for what they're worth. <laughs> If we're talking referencing
0: other video games, you've got like Bioshock. They they talk about Call of Duty, Doom, Fallout, Halo, Portal, Warcraft. Uh, Even music gets some stuff. There's references to ACDC and Daft Punk, Guns N' Roses. Hell, Claptrap grabs his crotch at some point, which is a throwback to Michael Jackson. You just never know what kind of stuff that you're going to see when you're playing through the Borderlands series. You know,
1: you speaking of Michael Jackson, I do vaguely recall, and maybe this is just me wanting to create something to possibly remember to make myself feel a little better, but I swear that in the pre-sequel, when you're on the moon, there was something reference to Michael Jackson there, or at least some. they're going to call a dance move, walking the moon or something along those lines.
0: That's interesting. I don't know if I'm
1: making it up just to make, like I said, it could just totally be to save myself face and someone's going to call me out on it. So.
0: Go ahead, please do. Like I said, there are there are pop culture references uh, absolutely all over the place. I mean, they're just they're they're just everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Let me see if I can find stuff in the original Borderlands, original Borderlands, original Borderlands. Oh, Rob. The original Borderlands has a reference to a certain thing that you catch me on all the time that we're not supposed to talk about. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a character in Borderlands called Chuck Durden. <laughs> <laughs> there's, an en- there's an enemy called Tankenstein, which is clearly a play on, on Frankenstein, right? Oh, I didn't get that one. We were just talking about a uh, Bioshock. There's a line from the Guardian Angel that says, Would you kindly give him a hand? Which <laughs> for those of you that don't know, would you kindly is a trigger phrase used by uh the antagonist
1: of Bioshock. What was his name again? What was whose name? The antagonist. Uh I keep thinking Jack Atlas, but I know that's the wrong game no, because we're it's talking Ru- Borderlands.
0: It's, it's Jack, it's Ryan. Jack Ryan isn't or not ah. Jack Ryan. I'm close, aren't I? I'm looking it up.
1: Frank Fontaine. Oh no, he goes no. by Andrew
0: Ryan. No, it's Andrew Ryan. Yeah, no, Frank Fontaine is this in the second one. He's the other, what like other bad guy. It's Andrew Ryan. So I'm
1: literally looking at it.
0: Going back to going back to Borderlands references. You know the the one of the DLCs has a mission called Circle of Duty, Medal of Duty. <laughs> Puts together a Call of Duty, a Medal of Honor. There is a paint scheme called Racer Blue Blur, which is, of course, a reference to Sonic the Hedgehog. There's an achievement called My Brother is an Italian Plumber that you get by jumping or stomping on an enemy's head, which, of course, is, you know, a Mario thing. Oh. Um, (laughs) There is a gun A legendary gun called the doll anaconda and its description is long and strong which is a reference to baby got back
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome
0: there's uh there's an achievement where if you jump onto a particular boat you get an achievement called you're on a boat which of course is a reference to the lonely island There is a weapon, an Iridian weapon, that has a description, smoke on the water. There is Roland. Roland's one of my guys. When Roland gets a kill on a badass or a boss, he'll say another one bites the dust. There's a Queen reference. Good lord, I mean, there's a character dialogue where a guy says there's always money in the newsstand, which of course is an Arrested Development reference. Crap, there's a weapon called the Boomstick, which is Evil Dead. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot about this one. There's a character zombie TK Baja. Do you remember? Z, uh, do you remember Zombie Baja? No. Zombie Baja talks about all the ways to cook brains, similar to how Bubba talks about all the ways to to uh, prepare shrimp.
1: <laughs> That's an interesting uh, comparison.
0: Good lord! There's a character named Mad Mel in the in the game. There is. achievement called There Are Some Who Call Me Tim which is a Monty Python reference. There's Mortal Kombat. There's a Mortal Kombat reference because there is a skill or a challenge you can complete called Toasty where you kill enough enemies with incendiary attacks. There's so many stupid references. Like I said, I, I think that when you stop and you look, there's a little bit of something for everybody as you play through as you play through the games. And so I think that that along with everything else really makes it appeal to uh, a lot of people. Hey, in the second borderlands, you know, I was just going through all the first one, but in the second borderlands, did you ever find the double rainbow guy or double rainbow hidden Easter egg? Do you, do you remember the double rainbow guy?
1: I did not find that in that game. No,
0: but you remember the double rainbow guy.
1: Oh, I definitely rem- Well, I do remember the video, but I more remember the song that was made out of it.
0: there's a there's a specific spot you can and if it's out of the way you have to like drop down to a, 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 a ledge that you wouldn't normally see unless you knew it was there but if you drop down to this ledge you find a little campsite and then as you look at the sky Jack will start saying the double rainbow stuff I think it was Jack who says it it might be your character but I think it was Jack who says it so a lot of a lot of pop culture references so Rob with that being said, I want to talk about the impact that this game has had on gaming culture. It is, I think we could argue, the original looter shooter. Because I can't remember any games, or at least any prominent games, that came before Borderlands that were first-person looter shooters, right?
1: Uh, Grand Theft Auto. A looter shooter, though? <laughs> no, I can't think of any others mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Not from that era. First-person shooter, looter,
0: shooter, co-op first-person shooter. I think it did a lot to advance co-op first-person shooters, though it definitely wasn't the first, was it?
1: It was not the first, although I couldn't tell you what was, even if you asked me, or even what ones came before it. Halo. No, ha- false.
0: No, Halo didn't come out in 2001?
1: Nope.
0: We we both, not, not that we played, I don't think you and I have ever played Halo together either.
1: That is a false statement. We played Halo 5 Uh, together. I joined you right around to Guardians and got my ass handed to me because it was on Legendary and I wasn't used to the game yet. And quit very quickly.
0: (laughs) I think before that we may have played, you may have joined a LAN party with my friends and I on like two or three when we came to the house to play. Did Did we ever do that at the house?
1: I don't think with Halo, because a lot of my Halo memory, I only remember starting on Halo 3 with my Xbox 360, and Damon and I played the everlasting crap out of it. We played all Skulls, Legendary, all Achievements. We massacred that game. Many many sleepless nights were spent on that game.
0: (laughs) So yeah, so I don't think Borderlands Borderlands definitely wasn't the first co-op first person shooter. I think Did Call of Duty have a no, no, Call of Duty didn't get a a co-op mode until later, later once like Ghost. I think Ghost was the first co-op co-op mode. Does
1: that sound right? I don't know. I didn't know Call of Duty had co-op.
0: Yeah, didn't it have that operative mode or something like that in one of the Call of Duty. I
1: didn't play after like Modern Warfare 3. That's fair. Well, it's not entirely true, but I definitely didn't play Ghost. I mean. I did Advanced Warfare, but I only ever did Zombies on that with my roommate. So I honestly don't know that much about the newer Call of Duties. Well, was co-op. The... When did Zombies start? Oh, that's speaking a very of, phenomenal point.
0: Speaking of Zombies, Left 4 Dead was a co-op shooter that came before Borderlands and then some. So it was, uh, nah, I don't think Portal 2. I don't remember what year Portal 2 came out. Different kind of co-op shooter. There you go. Call of Duty Zombies. I think zombie mode came before and that was co-op shooting, huh? Uh, Yeah, that is true. Now, with that being said, I think that we could argue that it laid the groundwork for a lot of games. What are some other first-person shooter looters that you know of nowadays? Would we we we
1: consider the Battle Royale series?
0: I don't. I don't. I mean, unless unless there's a looter shooter that you have persistent stats in, I think uh, Escape to Tarkov maybe is like that.
1: But what, what one did you have in mind? I mean, I was thinking like Fortnite or PUBG or Call of Duty uh, Warzone. Just, but I can understand. Honestly, no. I don't know very many like what you're talking.
0: No, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't. I don't classify them in that same. At least they're they're not co-op first person shooters. That's fair. You, you know, co-op first person shooters I'm thinking of are more like des- Destiny's the big one, right? Destiny is probably the biggest one, I would argue, of the bunch nowadays in terms of a, a co-op first person shooter that's a looter shooter. Man, that's a whole lot of words to say. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Destiny, right? You play Destiny? Yes, I
1: <clears throat> I have played Destiny.
0: Uh Warframe, I play a lot of Warframe with my best friend. Warframe is another looter shooter, although it's not a first person one. Admittedly, it's a third person one, but it's a it's a co-op
1: looter shooter. The I'm not Division
0: familiar with that. Another third person one, speaking of third person is The Division. Have we played The Division?
1: I have not, no. And then EA
0: tried Anthem. Anthem kind of fell on its face, but that was another Looter shooter that was designed to go in the go in that category. Apex Legends is Apex Legends a looter shooter?
1: Um, I looking at a list. It does look like it is a looter shooter. I have not played that one, so I wouldn't be able to tell you myself. Trying to think of Ah. others out top my head. Remnant is Remnant one of them? It is not in this list. However, if you would think it is, I do see Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon breakpoint specifically and that is actually one that i'm familiar with and thinking about it i can't agree
0: i i would i would i i'm okay with that i don't really know what others there are but i would argue that it's a tough genre to get into because the behemoths now are borderlands and destiny but it's still an important genre and it's one that plenty of people try to try to play you know what i mean absolutely so and i think it's an important one Borderlands has an incredibly incredibly fervent fan base right yes there are well I mean we just went through it last year right because Borderlands 3 came out uh, a year ago Uh, probably almost a year ago to the week if I remember correctly wasn't it October of
1: 2019 uh either September or October
0: so a year ago, we got to experience it and the craze for new Borderland games the the hype. Oh, my God, the hype. There is so much hype for new games in these series. But you didn't you guys didn't get it right away. You didn't you you picked it up. Uh, I think you waited till it was on Steam, didn't you? Uh, I actually got it
1: on Epic. So you I did. It, get it might it have been free or very, very cheap, which is my my thing. You know, I mean... I can't say I'll never buy a game new because I did get Squadrons. There are some games that I get really excited for. And, you know, Borderlands wasn't always one of my top series, but I do really enjoy it. So I knew I wanted it. I just didn't want to pay full price at the time.
0: How is Squadrons? Is that working out for you?
1: You know, I unfortunately didn't manage to get a joystick before the joystick shortage of 2020. So I have just one which albeit is better than none, but when you're used to two throttles, uh, throttle on one hand and stick on the other, it's kind of difficult having that little slider throttle and the button mapping is very limited, so it's kind of difficult moving for myself to have everything where I want it and it's easy for me to do. So it's a struggle for me. Plus, I don't have pedals. But despite all of that, it is a phenomenal game. It is a lot of fun. I'm By no means good. I'm by no means bad. I've definitely gotten better, but it is definitely a space fighting sim. It's you're flying around in your A-Wing, your Y-Wing, a U-Wing. You're flying around in a TIE fighter. You're taking down frigates. You're taking down destroyers. It's a lot of fun. If you're into Star Wars and you're into flying simulators, it's a ton of fun. Awesome. Not sponsored.
0: Not sponsored.
1: (laughs) But please, please, Star Wars Squadrons, hear me mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I said, the cr- you know, back to Borderlands, back to I know I brought that up, so I'm not even going to complain about that. I wanted to know how Squadrons was because I am a Star Wars fan and a space sim fan, so it's been on my radar. But the craze for Borderland games is huge. It has a big cosplay following too. You'd think that something with a, a cell shaded style would be weird or dissuade people from cosplaying, but it has a huge cosplay following. Never have you ever doubt seen-
1: the creation of a cosplayer, Dave.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, unfortunately, we also kind of have to talk about Rule 34. If we're going to talk about that, you never have to doubt Rule 34. You know what I mean?
1: But we don't have to acknowledge it.
0: Well, we're not going to talk about it. Just Google Rule 34 if you're curious what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> NSFW alert.
0: <laughs> don't do it at work. But Rule 34 stands true for every single media format known to man. So I guess the point is is I think that Borderlands is a universally accessible game that appeals to a wide range of gamers and non-gamers and has done it's done so much for 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 gaming, for pushing forward the loo- looting shooter genre, for pushing forward co-op co-op gaming for just just being a huge franchise that people love to engage in, I I think that this one cements itself as a staple of gaming culture, personally.
1: What do you think? I am in agreement with you. (laughs) (laughs) No counterpoint? I mean, you put up a good argument. I
0: did put up a good
1: argument. (laughs) And I think that you, you accurately described the game and what it instilled in the world. And, you know, Borderlands... Is a phenomenal series. There is no denying it.
0: Borderlands is a phenomenal series that I literally have like four or five hundred hours into as a series. It is probably this the the series that I have put the most single. It's definitely the series I've put the single most amount of time into. Although I think maybe Borderlands or not Borderlands. I think maybe Rocket League as a single game might quickly surpass it before before long cause i think i just hit like 600 hours in Rocket League. I don't want to admit that on air. I just too late. All right. Well, there you have it. Borderlands is important. Borderlands is universally liked for its gameplay loop, for its co-op, for its pop culture references. It is an awesome game that sowed the seeds for many games to come after it. And now we have it to thank for games like Destiny, which are also cemented in the gaming zeitgeist. And there you go. It was a very big impact on the gaming industry. Rob, do you have anything that you'd like to add to the discussion?
1: I think that everything I had for this discussion was left on the table, Dave.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Rob, if... Let's just say, for instance, someone was interested in looking for some of our back episodes, our our, our archives, if you, if you will. Where, where could they find those episodes?
1: Well, Dave, for those who want to see our list of archives of our episodes or would like to see hyperlinks that we use when we're taking information for these episodes, it can be found at MemoryCardLane.com. <laughs> there, you can also find some information about our podcast along with all of the providers that we are offered through, a link to our Discord community, a behind-the-mic to get to know Dave and I a little better, and a link to our Patreon.
0: That is correct. That is correct. On our little blurbs, you can find links to our social media presence. I am on Twitter, where I retweet gaming news, and I like to make fun of Rocket League a lot. You can find me on Twitter at David underscore is underscore wrong. Rob, where can the people find you?
1: I myself can be found sometimes playing around on Twitch, playing with friends, whether it's a spooky phasmophobia, the conniving among us rocket league with Dave building a factory, whatever it is. You can find me on Twitch at fat underscore B O I underscore R I P Z that's fat underscore boy with an I underscore rips with a Z.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And like I said, you can find links to all that on our website at www.memorycardlane.com. With that being said, I think that's a good place to call it for the day. I think this has been a productive discussion about the Borderlands series next week. We are going to get not so spooky. 1999 is calling, though, and it would like your pants back. Also, it would like us to talk about the Medal of Honor game. Medal of Honor came out on Halloween of 1999, and we're going to be visiting it next week. So join us again in one week. We release episodes Thursday mornings, and next Thursday, we'll be releasing an episode of Medal of Honor. Join us again next week as we take another trip down Memory Card Lane.